the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. All right, well, I'm here today with my guest, uh, Dr. Hamid Mazani. Dr. Mazani, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do? Good morning, Tiffany. Thank you for asking me to come to the show. Uh, well, I'm a, a kidney specialist here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, uh, my story uh, of how I got here is, is a little interesting. Um, you know, I'm originally from Iran. Um, I left the country when I was 12 years old. And um, my father and mother, essentially, my dad was a firefighter. Middle class family, you know, um, a lot of difficulties at a time, 19, what was the year, 1985. And the, 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 his dream was essentially for me to become textual, you know, words, a servant of humanity. I did not understand what that means at that time. My worries was, can I find a, you know, Atari, which used to be like a Nintendo of now game, <laughs> you know, how do I get a better bike or how do I go out and, and, you know, play with my friends. But his idea was different, was how do I make this 12-year-old into a man who in future could perhaps serve the humanity? That, um, but you know what? That Knowing you, uh, I would say that you've, you're living up to that future, that, to what he wanted you to be. But go ahead. Tell me a little bit more. You know, Unfortunately, he never got to see what happened to me. You know, he passed away early on when I was 23 years old. Um, you know, I remember one day he came visit me in Rochester, New York, where I was doing my medical training. And we went to the ICU and he started looking at all these patients on different life support machines ventilators and, you know, intubated, uh, unresponsive, in coma. And he was sitting in the ICU uh, looking at them. It was like about 10 o'clock at night, rainy day, very cold, winter time. And uh, he, I looked at him, and he had the newspaper upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so I say, Dad, why are your newspapers upside down? Then I realized clearly that he was not reading the newspaper. He was just glancing, you know, pulling it down, looking at me, working with the patient, pulling it up, pulling it down. And he was living a, a, a dream coming true, which was beautiful because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I realized he's not even looking at the pictures, you know, because you would mm -hmm. clearly notice. But then he told me a sentence which changed his life and my life and was the following. If I ever end up on life support and you think that I'm not coming back, let me go. Wow. A week later, he had a massive stroke and he died. I did keep him alive for a week uh, just so that my mother and siblings could sort of, and including myself, cope with a sudden loss of, of yeah. who he was. Uh, as a father, uh, hold his hand and remember those moments. But um, he saw that, nothing more. Now, going back to the story of 12-year-old kid, um, at that time, uh, there was a, a war between Iran and Iraq, which, you know, it's uh, lasted about eight years, and many, many people died. Um, he thought best place for me was to you know, come abroad. And um, my brother was living in, in Puerto Rico, which is obviously part of the United States. Um, 
he talked to him. They flew to Turkey. We went to Turkey and tried to get a, a U.S. visa to go to Puerto Rico to study. Of course, uh, political stuff happening on the outside world, which I was not privy to. I was 12 years old. I was looking for my bicycle and, you know, football and soccer and games, games and fun stuff. And computers <laughs> were, were kind of new and, and homes, you know. I mean, somebody had an oh, Atari game. You really want to be friends with that. You're dating, you're dating yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we went to Ankara, Turkey and, and went to the U.S. Embassy and, you know, he, he brought letters from then the governor of Puerto Rico who knew him to say these are good people and so on. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't get a visa. So my life changed. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, let's go back home. So I'm, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And my father is, no, 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 you're not going back to Iran. You're going to find a future. And as dark as the future could be, because it's unknown, to the mm -hmm. person, to me as a child, it, it became the most beautiful thing that I've lived through. Um, I've made friends that I could have never made any other way because I was alone. And let me tell you something about friends. Friends can be closer to you than your own family Yeah, at times. Um, they'll do things for you that will puzzle you. Why? And hopefully you do the same for them years later. So from Turkey, Ankara, um, you know, I was there for about uh, eight months or so. So many things happened. You know, the mom and dad went back to Iran. My brother had to come back to Puerto Rico. I, I lived alone in a little apartment, uh, you know, one bedroom. I had to learn how to cook I, without a kitchen, <laughs> without a microwave. It was oh very interesting. Gosh. I had to go through winter with not regular clothes, I mean winter clothes it was summertime when we came over little things that you think they're not important really become important mm -hmm. uh, I would talk to the wall I don't know if you've seen the movie Castaway there's a ball called Wilson <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> to me that ball has an incredible meaning Wilson, <laughs> because I talk to the wall so here, when you're 12 years old, you're living in a country that you don't know and the language you don't speak and you have no friends, if you have no families, mm. you, are, you are fearful uh, for your life. I mean, think about yeah. that. So you would not want to go outside frequently. You want to stay indoor. And it's like a, a prison, right? Um, there's no iPhones. There's no right. Snapchat or you know, all these games, there, there is none of that. There's a TV that you don't understand what they're saying. Uh, but at the same time, you have to stay uplift, you know, like, okay, this is the future that I'm walking into. How right. do I m make the most of it? Because I know my father actually sold all that he's had just to buy me a ticket to send me abroad. And his dream is to become me to become a servant of humanity. And how do we go about that? <laughs> and how do I do it as a 12-year-old? <laughs> you know, and, and uh, what's surprising is that if you would have asked me before, can a 12-year-old do this? I would have said, no, definitely not me. <laughs> right? But I think when you put people to the task, you'd be surprised uh, what they can do. And, uh, you know, that's part of what this show is about, is that people uh, who are making history and who are historic uh, in the sense of humanity and what happens with humanity don't know that they are at the time. Right, right. You know, and that this story epitomizes that. You didn't know that you would be the man that you are right now, the same man that saved my brother's life, mm. the same man that saved many lives, but when I say, you know, I, I've said to many people that you, you saved my brother's life. My brother was, you know, he was dying and that he was he had an infection. Nobody could figure out what it was. So when your dad wanted you to be the to be a servant of humanity, I mean, he, he truly 
spoke that into your life and into your heart and into who you are. And that that is evident to anyone who actually takes the time to get to know you. So you know, he, you know I'm, I'm glad that he said that. <laughs> that he that he put you on that trajectory, right, uh, right? You know, in your in your heart and in your mind, because uh, would you have had the the wherewithal to just keep going and bringing in doctors until you figured out what was wrong with my brother? That took weeks. Right, right. Uh, I think the the uh, that is a very good example of not giving up. That's right. That's all it is. Okay, so. The, you know, oftentimes in life you come 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 across things, moments, uh, and you see that a lot even in our youth. You know, suicide in schools and universities is they're faced with a challenge. And that challenge is too powerful for them to think I can get through this and look at the next day and the next morning. Uh it, Oftentimes, if you train your mind and your brain and your body to say i can make it that's all it takes in life you do not have to be intelligent smart outstanding in that regard you just have to be a hard worker and if you don't give up and you're a hard worker that is essentially the the you know the recipe to you to your success and success could be defined in so many different ways but my success for example with your brother it was not of me doing. It was to gather the team that could help me to make him better. Go home. When I see him now in the office and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, he comes back, he flies from Dallas to come to San Antonio, see me, and flies back. Yep. yep. It is beautiful. I mean, when I see this man walking in the door, I look at him as, as, as if you're looking at a, 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 a piece of art. Yeah. In a sense that, oh, my God, look at this human being who was in that condition. And look at him now. It looks great. It is priceless. So for all those people out there that want to be in healthcare, it is not about reputation. It is not about having a white coat and people, uh, you know, just praising you. It's about the product, what you do, which is changing lives and serving humanity. All the nurses that go in those rooms and take care of patients with COVID nowadays that we're with that in, in the pandemic, they are risking their lives much more than anyone else in a sense of much more than the doctors and so many other people. They need to be praised, but they do it for the love that they have and they do it because they enjoy seeing the patient get well and go home and see their kids and family. And that's what we're saying. When there are people who are making history and it doesn't, they don't realize that they are because it's, it is just who they are. Right. And that's, that's why you're here. Because that's who you are. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. You've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you and schedule a screening or go to a screening near you.
And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany and our, my special guest, Dr. Hamid Mazani. So, Dr. Mazani, I know all about your passion for kidneys and, and your, your practice's logo. Your, your uh, slogan is, uh, your kidneys, my passion. Mm-hmm. Right? So I've seen all kinds of things come out of that just how wonderful the people are at your practice and, uh, you know, how, how caring every staff member is that I've, I've had the good pleasure of, of coming into contact with. But I want you to tell me about Don't Kid With Your Kidneys. What, how did you come up with that? What made you do that? So um, <clears throat> Don't Kid With Your Kidneys was a slogan that... Um, Essentially, we, we came up with try to see how can we raise awareness on a organ that I know is very critical to human life. Uh, but if you talk to most, most people, they may not be aware how important it is. You know, if you say I'm a heart doctor or I'm a cancer doctor, people know what that is. They do. Uh, very clearly. Uh, but if you say I'm a kidney doctor, the next question is, so like, Okay, so what do you guys do? If you say nephrologist, then no one knows what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so I think um, as a society, and not just in the United States, worldwide, kidneys have never gotten the attention. Um, part of it is, is mythical. You know, if you go back to Roman times and, you know, ancient uh, Persia or... And, you know, back in the day, you know, Egypt, heart was your soul. So if they wanted to praise you, kill you, whatever it was, they would mm-hmm. talk about, I removed the heart of the so-and-so. Yeah. It was the soul of a human being. Therefore, in, you know, in our minds and, you know, in evolution, all cultures, heart became the center of a human body and and, and it, people got you know significant more recognition of the disease, of the of the organ and its disease uh later on diabetes came and and you know high cholesterol and cancers but really the kidneys it was like a, a forgotten child mm-hmm. yet i know if someone has kidney disease every other organ in their body doesn't work well. So how do you raise awareness uh, and make a, something fun? You know, don't kid with your kidneys because right. kidney disease doesn't kid with you. Mm-hmm. When you get it, uh, oftentimes is a silent illness. So you have no symptom. I get patients come to the office and, you know, you tell them, oh, uh, Mr. So-and-so, you have chronic kidney disease stage three or four. The next line, which I'm expecting to hear, is, Doctor, I feel fine. I don't know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. I almost know universally that I'm going to hear that. So I kind of have to be prepared to say, well, this is a, a disease, uh, kidney disease, that does not give you symptoms till very late in its stage, which is stage five. And at that point is dialysis, kidney transplant. So we said, let's find something fun. So that we can quickly say it, uh, people can hear it, and the next question is, what is this about? All we want them to ask is, what do you mean, don't kid with your kidneys? Can you kid with your kidneys? Uh, you know, so therefore we came up with a website called mykidneys.com. Uh, just go on to mykidneys.com and you'll see different things and really talks about... Uh, early detection of disease that is without a symptom. How do you find that and treat it? With the test. With a very easy test. A very simple test. And and you're part of that. I mean, you've done uh, great things for the community, uh, helping people with uh, early detection of protein leak from the kidney, high blood pressure, diabetes. Again, much like high blood pressure and diabetes, do you have any symptom at the beginning? No, you don't. But if you leave it untreated, the impact or percussions are just dramatically, you can't even quantify. It's right? devastating to your life. If, and we know that 
one in seven have some form of kidney disease and don't know that they have it. Right. So the fact that you came up with this, uh, you're basically bringing awareness to something that that people don't have symptoms of until they're in in uh, later stages, like you just said. So they would have no idea right. that they have it. There's nothing about it about how they're living their lives that would tell them that they do. Um, and it's saving our community because if you do the numbers for San Antonio, then you're talking about one in seven San Antonians is 243,000 people, Mm -hmm. 243,000 people who need to know that they have an underlying condition that one, uh, we're experiencing right now, the effects of what an underlying condition can do with COVID. So it's very interesting what you just said. Um, we are giving a voice to a disease, to an organ that has no voice. In other words, <laughs> right. it is silent symptoms, right? But we're also mm-hmm. giving a voice to the patients. Majority of patients affected with kidney disease are minorities. Yes. That do not have a voice, you know, Hispanics, African American. Of course, we have Caucasians as well, but... You know, how do you raise awareness on a disease and a population that gets that particular illness that are voiceless in a sense? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I hope that um, kidney detection or evaluation becomes much like what is a um, mammogram, for example, for detection of breast cancer or what it is mm-hmm. colonoscopy for colon cancer. Um, a urine test is very simple, can be checked by primary care physicians, which they often do. But to look at the details of it, make sure there's no protein leakage or there's no blood leakage, which could be microscopic. In other words, you do not see it with your own eyes, but you can see it on the test. And, uh, you know, people themselves asking questions. Do I have mm-hmm. kidney disease from the doctor? Uh, or the, or what's the, my what's my uh, kidney function? What's my kidney function? Absolutely. A simple question, a simple question that that anyone can ask of their physician, and find out, you know, where am I? Where am I? Wh- what's my kidney function? Right. Because if your kidney function is diminished, you you probably want to find out why. Let me let me phrase this in a very simple way. Uh, when the kidneys fail. The toxins in your body, in your blood, start rising slowly. So imagine you live in an incredible, beautiful penthouse apartment overseeing the ocean. Miami Beach. Dream. Right? Oh, oh, I wish I could be there That's right my now. dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. However, your toilet gets plugged up. <laughs> the first floor is the penthouse. The second floor... This is already going south. So, and no matter what you do, the thing is backed up. And then the, now the stuff comes out from the <laughs> toilet, goes on the floor. Now it goes real ugly. What I'm trying to say is that you cannot walk into that beautiful apartment with the ocean view if you have toxins or, you know, waste products. Everywhere. occupying yeah. that, that apartment. It very yeah. much is the human body. So if when the kidneys fail, the toxins build up, you could have a very strong heart, very strong lungs, very strong intestinal tract system, liver, circulation. Everything fails. And now a nephrologist's work or job, my specialty, is that how do you treat those organ in what we call a uremic milieu. A uremic milieu means a, a, a blood that is full of toxins. Their functionality completely changes. Medications we use changes. Mm-hmm. So we do need to give a voice to this illness and to the people that suffer from it. Thank you so much, Dr. Mazzani. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. One in three San Antonians is at risk for kidney disease. Do you know what your kidney health is? Well, South Texas Renal Care Group has come up with a wonderful program called 
don't kid with your kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. Go to their website, www.mykidneys.com to check out a free screening near you. Don't kid with your kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. This is Tiffany Smith with On the Record with Tiffany. And I'm with two of my favorite people, Angie Lewis and Laura Palma of Bank of San Antonio. How are y'all doing today, ladies? We're doing great. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you for all the wonderful work that you're doing. Laura and Angie are both the answers to the PPP problem that we've been having across the nation. There are some of the people that have been helping businesses like Texas Kidney Foundation and many others in our city with PPP loans. They're on the front lines of keeping our economy going. Ladies, can you tell us a little bit about all of the businesses here locally that you've helped. He said, first of all, thank you for having us. I don't, I don't know that we consider ourselves unsung heroes. You know, for us, it's just uh, coming together and really helping our community. Uh, and that's really the, the approach that, that we've taken. It's the approach that our bank has taken. It's just being there and being available. And that was the directive from the beginning. You know, we've, we've taken over 700 applications. We've done over $187 million in a very, very short time uh, worth of loans, these PPP loans. You know, it's been interesting uh, in terms of, you know, helping our clients, but then also hearing the many stories of those people who weren't helped by their own financial institutions, um, either because they, they didn't have the program up and running yet or because they mm-hmm. just were late in, in getting in line um, for that, that program. And so many sleepless nights um, processing application after application after application and just hearing people's stories about, you know, their businesses and where they've been. We've had people who, you know, said, uh, you know, we you literally have saved our business um, from going out of business. Um, you know, people who want to make sure they do the right thing and that they, they, they have all the details in terms of the forgiveness program itself. But, you know, more importantly, just the, the people like yourself that we've met through this process, um, uh, the relationships we've been able to, to form with new clients who call us daily and have become really (laughs) more friends than than clients. But, you know, we've developed a a sense of trust uh, in the community with a lot of these business owners. And that is, um, that's really what I, what I believe how banking should be done. Well, you all elicit feelings of trust from people because I know with Texas Kidney Foundation, I emailed you, I think it was on a Friday night or a Saturday night and you responded to me by the next morning, like over the weekend, you responded. And for someone who isn't involved in the financial world, I'm not involved in the financial world every day. Definitely I'm running a business, but not not on the banking end and not used to loans and, and certainly not accustomed to a pandemic. So all of the stressors that go along with just the situation that everyone finds themselves in, um, were there, and you calmed those feelings of stress and helped me to know what direction my staff would be going in and that I could give them 
a report that was a favorable one. Mm-hmm. Well, and the truth is, is that, you know, Laura and I have had lots of conversations about this program from the very beginning to where we are now. And the, the truth of it is, is that literally every night, you know, because we, we were we were sent home like everybody else. Um, but literally every night we would go to bed. I, it was really hard for me to sleep because I would think to myself, I'm literally that stop gap between my client or this customer getting their money and not because we were putting in those applications. We were collecting that documentation. Um, and so it was important for us to work for as long as we possibly could be sustained throughout the day and into the weekend. I mean, I think we worked four weeks in a row, you know, just back to back. And, and that was just us. I mean, you had our, our, um, our team on the back end who was actually, uh, who were actually getting the ETRAN numbers and who were, um, you know, getting additional documentation and, and they, they were working just as hard as we were just to make sure that we got everything together for our clients. And so we, we were having trouble sleeping at night, which is probably why I responded to you. <laughs> I think the biggest difference in the bank in San Antonio from, um, from early on in the program, we took this very seriously, not only for our customers, for our entire community. We're not a national bank. So we're not helping clients that we've never met before. We're mm-hmm. helping clients right here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, we we saved 25,000 jobs through this program. Those are people located here in San Antonio. So talk about the restaurant down the street. That's our height. The, the um, kid place that you take your child mm-hmm. to, the bouncy places. Yeah. Those are all places that we frequent here in our community. And... We're the Bank of San Antonio, and we were doing these PPP loans for San Antonio. And that is the most beautiful part about it, is that, mm-hmm. one, you're real people, and you cared about our community, helping our community. Fifty percent of the businesses that run the nation are small businesses. Mm-hmm. And so you are helping the very businesses that power San Antonio. And I know we heard a lot in the community of these big national giants that got some money through the PPP and eventually returned mm-hmm. it. But our average loan size was 249000 Our median loan size was 79000 So it mm-hmm. wasn't anything. You were helping true small, small businesses. businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True small businesses. And that, that's really what, what <laughs> uh, we want to get across to San Antonio is that the Bank of San Antonio truly is the Bank of San Antonio. Mm -hmm. They are there for the San Antonio residents, the San Antonio small businesses, the person that has an aspiration for a small business and who is running a small business well. Bank of San Antonio is there to be your hand-in-hand partner Mm -hmm. in, in keeping that business going. Yeah, and that's from our, you know, from our leadership to our directors to you know that it trickles down to us it starts at the at mm-hmm. the top and i would definitely say that this is an organization that you know um lives what it talks about and and our our, our bank president to like i said our directors and and down i mean everyone they do the right thing yeah i i could tell that like when we were talking and just kind of going through the paperwork the experience because I've had experiences with national uh, um, institutions and with uh, smaller institutions. Um, but Bank of San Antonio was, was such a standout um, in that it just felt um, y'all, y'all held our hands through it. I mean, my operations manager, when she called and didn't know how to, to log in, uh, they walked her through it like mm-hmm. somebody, fr- a friendly person <laughs> walked her through yeah. exactly what to do. Same thing with me. Like uh, now, everybody that knows me knows that I'm not in any way technological, <laughs> and so <laughs> so I was like trying to log in, and uh, I was trying to do something, and and um. Treasury management called me mm-hmm. and walked me through exactly what to do and and you know a, another person we've I think we've had like four or five different 
people that we've mm -hmm. dealt with there besides the two of you. Um, and yeah, from the front end team um, to the back end team. Yeah. yeah. And we're not Real VIPs. We're not that yeah. big old giant account that uh, everybody, that if you were at a, a larger institution, mm -hmm. they want to pay attention to you because you're a large account. At Bank of San Antonio, you get the feeling that everyone is a VIP. You don't have to be such and so. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a VIP. Everybody gets that kind of treatment. And that that's a priceless a priceless thing because when you're going through the worst moment in your life and the worst moment in your financial life as a uh, a business, you you want somebody that can hold your hand. Well, it's about living out our mission statement, you know. And it's that's a, what made the big difference in this. Um, please tell everybody your mission statement because because you do live out that mission statement. And I don't want to just seem like I'm just touting Bank of yeah. San Antonio. Look, I'm not on the payroll over yeah. at Bank of San Antonio. <laughs> well, I just have to say that it's just a, an outstanding institution. Well, there's there's two things that, that stand out as we're talking about the principles. And that is we're in the business business. And then for us, everything is personal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, act fast. Mm-hmm. We act fast. And, and yes, you do. <laughs> and that was a big difference, though, because we are a local bank. Everybody throughout our organization, all 150 employees, we got this accomplished with 150 mm -hmm. employees. And let me tell you, regardless of what your job description said <laughs> yeah. at the time, mm -hmm. everyone from our front end, from client experience to our HR, uh, human resources, uh -huh. our marketing, yeah. everybody was doing their part. Yeah with PPP because we all knew mm -hmm. how important it was for, for mm -hmm. our community. We had some le senior leadership doing some data entry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. they, everybody stepped in. Everybody helped, you know, and I think that that's, that's the advantage that we have as, you know, for being a, a smaller um, institution. And Angie and I are a part of the puzzle, but we have so many mm -hmm. people to thank at the Bank of San Antonio mm -hmm. that helped us deliver that to yeah. our clients. And the reason you got to us was because we had a client who referred yep. another client, and that client referred you. That's right. And so, you know, you're really right. three-tiered down from mm -hmm. the original client that we had that referred you over to us. And so that's, that is the best compliment that we can get as an individual, as a relationship manager, and as a bank. As a bank, 150 people save 25,000 jobs. Mm -hmm. 150 people save 25,000 jobs. Like, that's a huge mm -hmm. deal and a big undertaking. It says a lot about how organized you all are. Because uh, the big banks seem to have a bunch of problems with getting <laughs> get and here's this one little like the little engine that could mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. and we wanted to be a part of the solution not the problem and so i think everyone everyone's heads came together to say how how do we roll this out quickly efficiently and um and how do we do it in a way that gets people their money fast and then allows us to still be that um you know, that community bank that acts fast. How, how do we do all those things? And, and again, our leadership team came together. I mean, this wasn't spearheaded by Laura and I by any means, right? I mean, you have a whole leadership team right. coming together to say, how do we make this happen? How do we get this out? How do we roll it out? And then, and then you have back-end things happening right now, which are, you know, lots of questions about the forgiveness piece, which people still don't, we just still don't have a lot of clarity and guidance to, but we're trying to disseminate information as we get it as quickly as we can. And, you know, people have, I mean, well, you know, you've got um, access to our cell phones. You know, people have our yeah. cell phone numbers. And we were, we were joking with a client just a few minutes ago before we started this that, you know, he was, he was giving a, a, one of us a hard time about our mailbox being full. But, you know, I had to remind him, I said, but you do have access to her cell phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is something you didn't have with your other bank. So, no. um, you know, we, little things like that make a big difference. Like, I, I just have to say thank you to the entire staff over at uh, Bank of San Antonio for, uh, on behalf of the other uh, 25,000 uh, jobs that you saved. Um, 
And when I look at it, it feels like Texas ingenuity, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) because that's kind of what we do down here. When things don't go right, we just join together and link arms and figure out what the heck we're going to (laughs) do. And just kind of hunker down Mm -hmm. and get it done, you know. (laughs) San Antonio Strong, that's That's right. That's right, San Mm -hmm. Antonio Strong, that's exactly Mm -hmm. right. Because uh, that's what we are. You know, we we come together. We're not uh, divided along party lines or divided along Mm -hmm. ethnic lines. We come together to do what needs to be done Mm -hmm. for our community because that's what that's who we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and when when uh, I met you over the phone (laughs) (laughs) and then met Laura over the email, (laughs) it was really uh, like really, I, I felt like my prayers had been answered, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that that's what the other businesses felt like also, you know. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show and have you all on it, uh, not because I thought you spearheaded what was going on at Bank of San Antonio, but I think that you epitomize the mm-hmm. spirit of that bank and what leadership wants to be put forward and what good leadership looks like, mm-hmm. which we need that. We need good leadership in all areas. And, and you two epitomize it, what good leadership is. Thank you. So that's, that's Thank why you. I wanted to bring you on. And I wanted you to tell a little bit about yourselves personally because that really will make people understand what Bank of San Antonio is made of, real people mm-hmm. with real lives. Yeah, so um, I don't know where to start. <laughs> um, well, my story really, I mean, I, I've been in finance for 16 years now, and uh, back in 2015, I, I lost my husband from a four-and-a-half-year battle with um, cancer. And, and so the, um, after that time, I actually I was with the Bank of San Antonio then and, and um, decided uh, that I needed to take a, 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 some time away from finance. It was really stressful. And so um, I actually went and taught special needs for three years um, at a, a local middle school here, uh, Rawlinson Middle School, which was a great middle school. And um, I had such a wonderful time with it. But, you know, during that time, um, the bank would call and say, hey, are you ready to come back? Or are you, we really need you over here. Are you ready to come back? And, and I just wasn't ready. I didn't think that, you know, I was going to be sent back into finance. In fact, I didn't think I was ever going to go back into banking, to be quite honest. Um, but after lots of prayer, uh, kind of the sun, moon, and stars really just aligned for me. And um, and my now boss, um, Steve, he, you know, interviewed me and asked me to come back. And so came back into the business and um, and really just with a different attitude than I went than I had coming out of it. You know, it was so um, this industry can get really monotonous after a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, even though it's a lot of fun, it's just go 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 constantly and. And um, being a woman in the industry as well and being a single mom now in the industry, there's a lot of things that had changed for me. I didn't, you know, no longer had the help of a, a spouse. I, um, my daughter at the time was 12 when I came out of banking, um, but going back into it, you know, three years later. And so um, that was a conversation I had to be able to sit down with her and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be busy again. <laughs> my <laughs> schedule's not going to be aligned with your schedule. How, how are you mentally? Are you able to... You know, are, are you good with me taking this on? And 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 we did. We had a great conversation, and she was excited about me coming back. And and I was excited because I really started my banking career with the leadership team um, at the Bank of San Antonio almost 16 years ago at what was the old Compass Bank, uh, now BBVA, and and um, and the old Bank of San Antonio. And so it's been it's been a lot of fun, but there's also a lot of trust that was created there and friendships. Um, and then as you know, as I came on board, I, I was told that. I would be working alongside Laura, and um, and and that I'll let Laura tell her story. But you know, it's just really been this amazing friendship and testimony of um, how how faithful God is and how good He's been to not only my family personally, you know, even through the tragedy that we've been through, but in that in the five years that that my husband passed away, 
Um, you know, we lost him in 2015. Um, my brother-in-law committed suicide three years later. And then um, this this past year, I lost my brother, who was 39, to a massive um, stroke. And so uh, New, New Year's Eve. And so it's and then COVID happened. Right. And so it's been it's been really one thing after another. But uh, again, God has been so good to place such great people um, in my life to help love and support me. Um, and Laura is, is one of those. And she shares my story just, just in her own, in her own way. Um, and at, at a different level. Yeah. So I came to the bank of San Antonio and I've only worked for big banks. I had only worked for, we call them the big blue banks out there. (laughs) 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 So I didn't know there, there could be such a, a difference. I, I didn't know that banking wasn't just about the volumes. Mm-hmm. And here at the Bank of San Antonio, I learned that it was really about the quality of relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the relationships are built not only with the clients, but also with our leadership. So unfortunately, after working there, I want to say it was about two years, um, we learned that my husband had pancreatic cancer at 43. So here he is, 43. We have a three-year-old at the time. And... Um, for about a month and a half, we went to different doctor's appointments, different things, and we didn't know what it was yet. Never did we imagine that, that it, it could was be bad. that it could be something so serious. So um, Thanksgiving Day, we learned that he had um, pancreatic cancer, and it was stage four. So if I had been working for a big national bank mm-hmm. at the time, it, w- it would have been very business as usual. Okay, contact your HR department. When are you coming Mm -hmm. back? But it was very, very personal. Um, You know, the whole team came together. My boss came together just to really find out what I would need. And I can tell you that um, I was at every single one of my husband's appointments. Um, I was at every single one of his chemotherapies because the bank cared for me as a person. They cared for yeah. my family as a person. They cared for our little boy. And I was so thankful to be working for a bank that cared for us in, in that manner. Um, my, my husband was also working for another local bank, and we received the same thing from that local mm-hmm. bank. And it was just amazing. And I knew that I was in the right place to weather that storm. Um, I was working on and off through leave of absence. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned to me, they said, what What do you need? I said, I need to move closer to home so I can mm-hmm. attempt to work part-time. I can run home on my lunch break to check on my husband. And they said, okay, done. And they said, by the way, um, Angie's coming back. Um, I know you've never met her, but um, I knew of Angie's reputation. And I, I, I knew a little bit of her, no. of her story. <laughs> I knew a little bit of her, of her story. And we got to talk over the phone at first. And it was like, this is just such a godsend to be able to have somebody. And, um, you know, I know that through my story, it was painful for her because she kind of had to relive her own. Mm-hmm. But she, she was help, she was there to help me fast track a little bit on the difficulties of being a single mom. Um, she was there um, when my husband passed away. Our whole entire team was there and did everything possible to make sure that um, I remember getting a call from my boss at the time and um, when my husband just recently passed away and said, take your time, your job will be here mm-hmm. when you decide to come back. And I remember at the time, you, you get a little brave because when when something critical like that happens in your family, you're in a big fog. So I remember, I remember telling him, okay, I'll let you know because I'm a little crazy right now. So uh, I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as time passed, I took some time off. But they, they have been wonderful to me, to my family. I'm thankful for Angie. But I also think that things aren't. They don't happen by coincidence. We're placed in people's paths mm-hmm. yeah. for a reason. 
and um, we were definitely placed in each other's paths um, to continue with this storm because even though our husbands have passed away, there's there's um, there's grief, and a lot of people don't understand that grief happens in spurts. It doesn't happen all at once. Mm-hmm. 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 And then there's something that triggers grief. <laughs> And then you're you're okay the next day. So I I jokingly tell Angie, people think we have it all together, but they don't even know. <laughs> but but we're we're there for each other, and um, you know our customers love us because we help them with so much heart. But it really is uh, a godsend to to be together and to share those common values. Mm-hmm. That we're not here for the next mm-hmm. sale. We're That's actually right. here for a purpose. And. Anyone who works with the two of you can feel that, that you're here, that you are, are here for us, heart and soul. And when I'm looking at, you know, the, all of the rhetoric that flies back and forth, uh, this partisan rhetoric uh, nationally, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is because you two... Uh, and Bank of San Antonio epitomized what real Americans are. We are resilient, mm-hmm. even in the face of the worst moments. Mm-hmm. And you are the quieter one, Laura, <laughs> of you and of the Laura and Angie She keeps duo. me grounded. She keeps me grounded. <laughs> She's the quieter one. But, man, when it comes down to heart, y'all both have huge hearts. I just want to thank you both for coming on and for uh, talking to us and telling us your story because uh, you epitomize women and, and how strong we can be, but yet that same soft part of us that needs to be there is there and how beautifully it works together mm-hmm. <laughs> as a team. Uh, and I want to thank the entire team at Bank of San Antonio because you guys, really, you saved 25,000 jobs. And if you never do another thing in this world, again, that's enough. That's enough. So thank you. And uh, air hugs. I will give them real (laughs) hugs in three to five years. (laughs) Thank you again. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930amtheanswer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.